Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to a new episode of Canadian Investing in the U.S. Uh, this week, my guest is Andrew Mills. Andrew, do you want to give everyone a bit of an intro to yourself? Sure. My name is Andrew. As you just said, my wife and I, we live in Oakville, and we started our real estate investing journey a few years ago in 2020. We were looking to do some student rentals in the London area, but we were just getting uh, outbid by other people. So we started looking at other places. We ended up buying a single family in Welland. And then we went ahead and did a duplex conversion, which I was quite involved in. <clears throat> and then we did went through the, the refi. Everything worked out well. We ended up doing the perfect burr and then some, but that was more a result of the economy and the houses going up so high that we end up doing so well but still we did that and then after the refi and things had stabilized we decided we were going to do it try something do the same thing again but by that time the house prices were so high that we realized we couldn't just put a single unit in the basement and we'd have to put two units in there so not only the prices house have houses had gone up so much but now the the rental costs were so high so then we decided to look for other areas in Canada to buy. We started looking in Moncton and things didn't work out there. Then we started looking in Calgary and things didn't work out so well there. And then we came across this guy, Glenn Sutherland, <laughs> and we got a few different people that recommended him. And so we decided to jump on board. We got on board and uh, now we are I guess four or five months since we started the course and we have two properties in Birmingham, Alabama now. And like, honestly, this is one of the reasons I want to have Adam on when you get those people who are like massive action takers, the guys that are just going to um, like, you, you can just, I haven't said this to you in person, but like you can see the drive. Like you can tell um, when you have people, you know, people and you're working with people that are, you know, they're going to be successful. Cause it's like, there's some people that will take the course and they will do um, nothing. Um, they'll get hung up on just picking their market and they can never get past it. Right. And then you'll have other people that just um, take a stab at it and go for it. And that's like the kind of person that I am too. That's how I started. Right. Um, to go back a little bit, I just had a question. So you said you were quite involved in the reno on the Welland property. Um, were you driving all the way back and forth from Welland to Oakville to, to do that? Or how did that look? Well, we had a family friend that we had hired to do the work. But I would go out there every single Friday. We'd go out, so we would pay him every Friday. And then on the weekends, we would go and do the work. But yes, this this friend of ours drove from Mississauga to to Welland, you know, for the, for the four or five months it took. And, and then we had the snowstorms and whatever. So and it, this was through COVID. So when you had to order everything online, I had so many things that you couldn't see online that we got them the, the wrong ones. It was just a nightmare. But you know, we persevered and we got her done. So, you know, honestly, I've had that same problem. I'll be like doing like, you know, putting like a skylights in and like when I was doing my own stuff in Canada and I'd, I'd look online, I'd order it and then I get it to the property. It just doesn't fit the box. I'm like, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't line the two parts up. Uh, it's a hard doing, you know, it's nicer to just see them in person. Um, okay. So let's maybe just talk about like how the transition. So you're either the, the well end one, you're looking around in uh, all over Canada to see what you do. Um, let's go through the story. Like what are the steps? How did you, how did you go to the U S right? Um, you, you mentioned you heard me. So you probably got the podcast. Um, how, how did, how did that go? How did you, 
Um, well, we, we had I think a lot of people are going to have that same question. Like, how do, how do I get there? How do I do this? How do I do well, four months? One of it, one of the things was we had done a few other coaching programs or, or different, different organizations. And, you know, we all learned from them, but then we came across yours and yours was very, very action oriented, which is kind of what we were looking for. You were able to put all the pieces together. <clears throat> and um, so we, we'll, I dove right into it and went, went through all the courses. And so we just, you laid it out very well. So thank you. I didn't, I didn't want to, you know, reinvent the wheel. So we decided on Birmingham, you had done a case study on, on one of the courses videos, I believe. So we just decided to give that a shot. And then we just started going through everything that you talk about in the course about calling property managers and calling real estate agents and everything just kind of really fell in place. You know, the, Alabama is a great spot because like you talk about all the different criteria of low vacancy rates. It's a good size area. The big thing is the landlord laws. And I guess, cause I know you do more, more in Huntsville, but for Birmingham, for us, Birmingham, it was a lower entry. So the, the cost to buy a house was a fair amount cheaper there. So, you know, we're using our HELOC to invest and we didn't want to get caught with buying too much. So this would allow us to buy multiple properties before we got into spot where we're hitting a ceiling so we that's why we're able to do these two properties we're doing everything on our own right now purchase and the rentals on them so that's why we chose birmingham okay so let me just let's look at your first property so you, you just mentioned you did renovations on these um how did this look how did how did you find this property how did uh how did, how did the purchase go how did the let's start from the start okay well the first property in birmingham we we called a local property management company and then they get, referred us to an agent and then the agent started sending us stuff. They had some stuff, some pocket listings, <clears throat> but also just stuff on MLS that had been sitting around and so other, other people were, weren't so much interested in. And if, also, if I could just back up a step. Uh, of course, yeah. I also, I also was, uh, my background is in, is in engineering and I was a home inspector for many years. So I have a, comfort level dealing with long distance stuff. So she would do video walkthroughs. She would send us pictures and that kind of stuff. We'd have a conversation. So I was able to have a, a comfort level with the houses that we were looking to buy. And the first one we bought, we did have a home inspection done and he did a really good job because we're out of state that he did lots of pictures. So that ended up going very well. And I was comfortable. My wife and I were comfortable because I could look at the pictures and, you know, I could see what the concerns were. And also I had a, a general idea, the costs, even though, you know, I don't know exact Birmingham, Alabama costs, but you know, they're kind of relative to a certain degree what we have here. Right. So, so we decided to go for it and we got it. And with the, the property management company ended up having a contracting arm and they did the, 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 the painting, the all any any work we had to do was ten thousand rental, and then we got it uh, rented, and right now we're just in the middle in the middle of the refi for the That's first awesome. property. That's mm -hmm. an awesome. That's an awesome success story. If you were going to do it again, um, like if for people that are listening, is there you know um, any steps or even like stuff I should add to my course? Um, anything that like I should have uh, you know. Because every time I do a project, especially I switch markets or anything else, maybe there's like um, a lesson or, you know, something that kind of surprised you. Was there anything along those lines that happened during the project? I think the big thing for me is I'm a little bit of a control freak, I guess. So you, I, 
I just had to learn to step back. And one of the things that always sticks with me is you said in the course that always be nice and it'll get you so much further. And then sometimes you have to go in the backyard and scream. And that's what I did. I Some things happen where I didn't expect them. We didn't expect them. And I would just say, you know what? I have to let go of the reins a little bit, but calculated though, because we had done all our comps, the CMAs, all that kind of stuff. So we were very comfortable in that kind of stuff. But sometimes, you know, not being there in person and having to do things long distance and you're not dealing with somebody every day, sometimes they their vision is a little bit different from yours. Yeah. So for me, the big thing was, if you got to do things long distance, you you can't have absolute total control. You're not on site every day. So you have to develop a comfort level for that. No, those are good tips. And that's that's a hard part too, is like you're you're managing uh, people that you don't really know. And you're, you're, you're you know, especially like I, I came from a similar background. I was doing um, renovations and flips and uh, burrs and rentals in Cambridge, Ontario. And I used to do it myself. I, I, I go on site. I, I take back when I had my job, I take vacation and go and, you know, do trim all day. Right. And or I put a new kitchen in, um, which is honestly, it, it's looking back. I'm like, it was like, why would I do that? Right. Burning through my vacation to work more seems insane, but you know, sometimes it takes what it takes to get to where you're going, but it is hard. It's hard managing people from a distance. It's hard managing people there. And um, from my understanding, I, I think you were no, it was it was the other guy. You you haven't been down to Birmingham at all, right? No, I was just actually we're thinking about doing that because our second property, the flip, well, we want to do a flip because yep. we want to start generating some cash flow, depending on the market, how how things go. But it, it should be finished in about a month. So we're actually considering going down on the November the 15th. I found on Facebook a group that is a local meetup. So I was thinking I could go down there on the Wednesday, go to the meetup, see what's going on, shake some hands and whatever, and, and make a relationship. But no, we haven't been there yet, but that's that's the plan uh, yeah. at some point. That's yeah, cool. we're also, I mean, we're also, you know, Ohio and Indianapolis also. I've checked out those areas as well, but the way we're going now is just, let's see how Birmingham goes and, you know, we'll diversify in the future. But right now we're focusing on that, that area. Yeah, well, like way back on my podcast, I interviewed uh, Marco Santarelli. Like, I think it was like episode 10, like way back in the early days. And that's what I did. I bought a couple properties in Alabama and then I started spreading out all over the place. And his advice to me was always like, you know, get into, you know, focus on one market, get to know one market, get a bunch of properties in one market and be important to the property managers, be important to, you know, the person with one or two properties can some, come sometimes won't demand the same attention as someone who has a whole bunch of properties, right? Um, yeah. so you can be in more of a impact there. Like it's, it's like, honestly, I wouldn't get the same uh, attention in some of my markets if I didn't have as many properties. I, I wouldn't get my weekly hour long call, right? To co cover this, but it's the reason I get it is I have a whole bunch of rentals, I have a whole bunch of, um, you know, any projects going on. Um, Maybe let's we'll move on to pivot to the the second one, right? So, um, how did the second one go? Did it come through the same way to how you how you located it? Hello, everybody. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, I just wanted to let you know that I've created a new coaching program. I believe the new coaching program has way more value than any of the programs that have even existed in the past. What we've done is pre-recorded all the lessons so that you can work through it at your own pace, which is pretty cool. 
And then we're going to meet up on a regular basis to answer the questions, do deal analysis, and actually spend our time together working on things instead of spending our time learning things. I think this will make a seamless transition to buying in the United States and will help you solve a lot of your problems. If this is of interest to you, go to glensutherland.com coaching. I hope to help you guys invest in the United States and I hope we provide as much value as possible. Back to the podcast. So, yeah, it was the same way my agent had brought up to me. It was actually a property that was online, but it was in a bit of bit rough shape. So I think it had been looked over by a bunch of people. So she brought up to me and then we had, I, I had a, somebody do a walkthrough or she, she knew of the property. Somebody had done a walkthrough and had a price in mind. And, but she had referred me to a, um, an agent that the person who walked through it was related to the property management company from the first property. But I wanted to establish a relationship with someone outside of that company. So I actually, she had a very good friend of hers who was a contracted company and I, I got him to come and give me a quotation. And then we moved ahead, ahead with that. And it's a great up and coming area. It's gentrifying. So originally we were thinking about doing a buy and hold there, but after, you know, more time in the mastermind, that kind of stuff and try to figure out what our goals were. We were focusing on more similar to what you are, I I guess, 75% flips, 25% buy and hold sort of thing. So we decided to transfer and take this property into a flip if possible, but you know, we're, the only issue we're running into now is that it's getting close to Christmas season. So yeah. we're not sure how the market's going to be. And worst case scenario, we will just go ahead and, and rent it out. Yeah. So. Well, I've had this problem before where I've like tried renting stuff or like, sorry, not selling stuff right around Christmas. And um, it's tough, right? <laughs> Especially, well, I haven't tried that down in like the South because it's a little bit warmer. Right. So a lot of times it's like, I don't want to move and stuff, but is this the holidays too? People like want to kind of have their spot and put up their tree and, you know, so it's harder to move, but like, um, you know, that's where it gets a little different. You get into places that don't get snow (laughs) and it it might not have as much of a slowdown. Right. And, you know, the interesting thing we chatted about this before, but just for your viewers, the interesting thing with this this flip property, we bought it, we did the CMAs, we did all our comps, all our due diligence on all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, we were expecting the ARV to be 225, 250-ish. And then a, a property comes up for sale across the street from our place at just down the road a little bit for 125. And if I can tell you that I felt like I was kicked in the gut by a mule. It was, it was very, very tough. So I was on the line with my agent right away and trying to figure things out. And she said it was a bit of an anomaly. I did do a um, video walkthrough with my contractor and he walked on the road and looked at it. And it is not a great rental, but it is a rental. So uh, either way, we already decided for ourselves that we're going to push through the agents comfortable with our targets and maybe even higher than that. So these are the kind of things where we, we, we're we very positive and we're very stubborn in the way that we want to move forward. So we'll pivot whatever way we got to pivot. And we have to rent for a while. We have to rent for a while. But these are the kind of things that happen. We did everything we possibly could do to hedge our, ourselves against this kind of stuff. But why would somebody would put that at such a low price? They wanted a fast sale. We don't know. But these are some of the things you got to deal with as an investor. Nothing is 100% certain. There's Investing is a bit of a gamble, right? So, yeah, but you did your research beforehand, right? And you found all the mm-hmm. where it should be. 
And that's the thing, like, um, sometimes it's, you know, it looks like it's a comp, but it, it may not be, right? Um, sometimes there's something wrong with that house that you may not have even saw, like, because you didn't do a home inspection, you know, maybe there's a sinkhole in the backyard that's really, you know, there's more of a risk to it. Maybe there's a foundation issue and that's why they're unloading it. Maybe they're just, the finishes aren't done. Maybe it's all your comps were, uh, you know, tile surrounds and this is just a, like a wrap surround with the plastic. Mm -hmm. Um, who knows, right? They're like, but the other ones, you still had comps in the same area. So it's, uh, you know, you, you don't know, right? It, you don't know. Um, some people price them just to sell, right? And sometimes it'll be still be like an unrenovated property that looks in decent shape, but it really isn't, right? It might have old mechanicals, old roof. It may not qualify for FHA, may not qualify for VA, HUD. There's might could be all kinds of sticks. Like, um, when I was buying my properties down in, um, Lacey Springs, Alabama, just south of Huntsville, Huntsville. That's what I was doing. I was buying these properties that wouldn't qualify for financing. So no one else could buy them. Right. And what happened is how they sold their house is they literally would have to drop the price substantially because it had to be cash purchases because it wouldn't qualify for any of the lending programs in the U S and that's the only way they could unloan their house because it didn't meet the criteria. Sometimes the, to, to meet the criteria for say FHA, it could be as simple as it has some knob and tubes still in there, right? It's in the floors. And if they see it in inspection, fail. They will not take it into the program. Like the, you can't get government-backed lending. Like, so the equivalent of CMHC, you can't get that then because they won't allow it if there's anything in there, right? So that was what happened with one of the properties I was looking at. They saw, you know, knob and tube, like they'd rewired the house, but not all of the house. Mm -hmm. Stuff like that gets stuck. You never know what the, the criteria is. Like there could be something like that. And even if it sits there, you see that thing sitting you're like there's definitely something wrong when it's priced to sell right so anyway i guess time will tell but uh you pulled your comps you did your homework ahead of time so you know yeah and not every deal is going to be a home run so we're happy with the base hit yeah sort of thing we're new to the area and we want to make we want uh, you know we want to have a good reputation we want to follow through we want to close deals we want to make sure that people start are sending us lots of deals and we got lots of deals coming our way so um yeah Things and i think that's the well. key is that it's it is a numbers game um people who are getting every single property they offer on are paying way too much right um, yeah <laughs> so it's, it's just yeah. keep uh keep going keep keep grinding yeah we for us we you know we we want to do the perfect burr if we can and recycle the money that's that's the goal here is oh, yeah. to try to take everything out and then some if you can or leave as little as you can in the in the deal so you can recycle the money Yep. Yeah. And then right now it's a, it's a tricky spot because you, you can get one appraiser that's going to go, well, I don't know about this market and appraise it low. And you can get the second appraiser to come in and they might appraise it for like four times what the first appraiser did. Because mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. it's just because one's basing it on certain comps, other ones basing it on other comps and in future, you know, doubt. Um, but anyway, it, it, it's, it's, um, I've had that a couple of times where I just have to just send a second appraiser in and it works out just fine the second time. Um, but you're at their mercy, right? With when come, coming up with the values. Um, so what's the plan for the future? What's what what are you doing next? What's the where do you go from here? Well, I happened to be at a conference a couple weeks ago put on by GMA, <laughs> multifamily yeah. conference. And you might know them. Yeah, and I've heard of them. <laughs> I heard this gentleman already speaking about mobile home parks. So right now I've got my agent in Alabama. There's quite a few. So that's the next step for us is looking into some of that kind of stuff there. We, we also mentioned about 
once Alabama kind of gets stabilized and we've got a good flow of income there, we're looking at Ohio and Indianapolis as, as well. And then in January, there is a multifamily course that's available and maybe in another conference and which is a multifamily and heading down towards Texas area. So I think you might know about that one. That's another GMA yeah. thing. So we're looking to get into multi, bigger multifamily is what we're looking at right now. And, but immediately right now, what the main thing is we're looking for some private lending. We're looking for people to come in and anybody who wants to take money that they have in their bank, RSP, TFSA, they want to make a better bang for their buck backed by real estate. We're looking to talk to people to do that and maybe some joint ventures as well. So looking to scale and, and grow the business is what we're looking at now. That's awesome. Yeah. And I know you're going to do big stuff because you, you can just tell because like, you've been in the program for four months and you got two properties. I'm like, you gotta get, I gotta get you on the podcast. Cause you know, this is the, this is the stuff people want to hear. They want to, and it's like, it's not that you like not to downplay you at all. Cause you do have a huge background in home inspection and other things, but like anybody can do this. It's just, it's just about actually putting the work in. And a lot of people think that it's super passive and it, it is all just about putting the work in and anybody can do this. Um, well, and I had two other properties that we could have already bought, but you know, like you always say, the oh crap money. I wanted to have my cushion of the HELOC. I I, I had a, one came to me at for thirty thousand dollars, another at forty five. But I just didn't want to put ourselves in a position where we were. I've been there before with my will and property. We we stretch ourselves too thin with credit cards and stuff, and it was very very stressful. And I just said, I'm I'm never doing that again. So uh, wanted to do things smart. But yeah, that's that's the plan is to scale. So. I've done that too. And I think you're kind of alluding to the story, but like I, uh, I was buying properties and I was growing and I was trying to do it completely on my own at the start. And uh, I was like, I went and got like new credit cards and they gave me like 0% for a year. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to buy a property in Indy because it's cheap there with just the credit card. And I'm going to buy another one with my other line of credit. And I'm going to go into all the different banks in Canada and see if I can get like, you know, 20,000 or 50,000 from each one and try and just put this together, get as many as possible. And uh, in the end of it, it was so stressful because <laughs> then you had all these payments on all these different weird cards. Your money's in the U.S. You got to get the payments up to Canada, pay all these lines of credit. And uh, I realized I'm like, I'm never doing that again. Um, it's It's so much more powerful to take on some partners either as like a private money or as a joint venture or however you decide to structure it. And uh, it, it, it's, you know, you can make it make sense, right? Like I like to, um, you know, accept the money in American because then it makes things a lot simpler and just cut them a whole bunch of checks in American. You can, they can deposit it into their American currency account in Canada. They can put it in a bank account in the U.S. They can do whatever they want with it, right? <laughs> but, you know. Well, yeah. And kudos everybody. to you because you gave me the framework of exactly how to do it. And Moving to the U.S. is frightening for a lot of people, but you made it simple, you know, from the corporate structure to the banking, financing, building teams, stru structuring, all that kind of stuff, finding your market. It was totally laid out for me. It was just basically just got to follow the program. So it made it easy and, and you just got to take action. And my wife and I were in a great position because we were ready to go, ready to move ahead. We were serious about it and just needed someone, a coach like yourself to help us point us in the right direction. And yeah, it's been great, right? The mastermind has been has been great as well, uh, support. So yeah. the, um, it's not easy with the ITIN and the e EIN and, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
limited partnerships and all that kind of stuff. So it's yeah, a bit yeah. complicated, but you, it's it's doable. Yeah, you know, well, I we're new we're new to the area. We, this is our first two properties, so it's been very successful. Like I said, maybe they're not going to be both home runs, but it's very encouraging, and we're just we are steadfast that we're going to move ahead. And you know, thank you for all your support. It's been great, and and um, without you, I don't think we wouldn't have be where we are today. So I appreciate that. And, and when you say that, like they're not all going to be home runs, like some of that is. It's about just taking action, figuring out, and then you just because if you waited for everything, because I have people that do that, they wait for it all to be perfect, and they only want it if it's going to be the super home run. And sometimes you're going to keep waiting and you'll, you'll never get all the traffic lights green. Like those home run stories that you hear from people on podcasts, some of it, like it works out. And sometimes you, um, it, it just, you know, the market pushed those numbers up there. ARV. It wasn't what they planned on buying at, right. There was a lot in the last couple of years, there's a lot of market things like that. But I, I think that's the biggest part of it is to take action. And then, you, you know, you get it done, um, you know, make sure you don't lose any money. Um, you get some good base hits and then you, you like learn from this and you're like, man, we could do this and do that and grow bigger, get your connections better. Um, so honestly, that's the way I did it. That's how I started in Huntsville was I wasn't a home run off the start. I had some two turnkey properties off the start. Then I had to learn how to do these renovations from a distance and just, it all grows on each other. It's hard to go right from, you know, first one to home run in a whole different country. It's, it's you're gonna there's gonna be little blips and things to to work out there's too many people involved but the main thing was gaining experience getting relationships with people down there and, and moving ahead and that that was the most important thing for us so it's a great property it's beautiful nice bungalow big bungalow with a single car garage we got it rented for 1300 bucks a month so you know we bought it for 109 put 10 into it so we're over the one percent rule so that's great so you know, let's see, it, we should do okay, but either way, that's not going to deter us. We, we're developing the, our, our business plan and, and moving forward. So, yeah. Awesome. Andrew, people uh, wanted to learn more about investing in Birmingham, wanted to get a hold of you to see what you're working on or just get a tip or two. Uh, how do they get a hold of you? I'm on Facebook and I'm on Instagram. Instagram, it's Andrew Mills 99, I believe. And Andrew Mills on facebook just reach out to me uh yeah i'm not a huge presence there i'm i'm just learning i gotta be instagram guy so we'll see <laughs> i'm still not much of an instagram guy I'm more of a facebook guy but I, I gotta learn that too anyway andrew thank you for coming on the show i really appreciate it i think there's a ton of value uh i think there was you literally spit out a lot of um juicy nuggets throughout this this episode i think so people will be writing some notes to people who are in, uh, interested in doing uh, stuff down the states thank you so much i appreciate it god bless you that was a nice video bye